Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors Podcast. I'm your boy, Illegal86. I'm your boy today. Beep, beep, beep. Joined... I didn't know it was tactic. That was tactic, right? Hi, yes. The Bam 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 guy. I, I was about to say this is the last episode of January. It's actually not. Next week is the last episode of January. This is this. This is the penultimate. Oh, that's right. That one's sneaking in right at the thirty first. Right at the sneaking finish line. right in. This is the penultimate. There's a there's a word for your word of the day calendar. Penultimate it means second to last. It's your second to last episode of January. It's a big one. We got to talk the Xbox Developers Direct, which took place, I believe, earlier this week. Got a couple of big announcements. Really, one big announcement followed by a couple of deep dives. We'll get into that. We we are obligated on this podcast to talk about pal world and i'm gonna say pal world wrong at some point it feels like a tongue twister for me i struggle with r's and l's i always have and so far I've, i'm two for two and i'm proud of that we have no choice but to talk about it it's making waves in the gaming world so just yeah we're gonna talk about that and then uh, you know time allowing we're gonna talk about until dawn which i have played in its entirety nerd bomber is it fair to say you tried and you were too scared yes very much so. to say that very scared pretty scary game came out some time ago on the playstation it came out in 2015 actually i see that right in front of me now uh we're gonna talk about that there's some news there about it being made into a movie i guess that's the news but we'll get to the more of the details on that later but yeah the xbox developers direct i'm i'm, I'm gonna say before we get into each individual thing i don't know if we're gonna go through everything that was revealed but my overarching i i get very scared going into these developer directs or these these xbox showcases because i'm not an xbox owner so I'm terrified that I'm going to see something that I'm like, hot diggity daffodil, I want this in my life very badly and I can't have it. But you can. I got a little hot diggity daffodil during the showcase, I'm not going to lie. There were zero diggity daffodils for me in this. I went through this whole thing. I was really? like, I'm fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I have some especially scorching remarks for one of the games, but Ooh, I know what you we'll want. get into that. I mean, I think the, the, the crown jewel of this showcase, I don't know if it led led off the developer direct was the indiana jones gameplay trailer this is not where i'm going scorched earth let me start by saying that i have a very indiana jones is very close to my heart it's one of my favorite movie franchises people know i'm a nathan drake man when it comes to video games so like this theoretically should make me salivate and like want to go buy an xbox right now i'm not going scorched earth on this it didn't make me want to buy an xbox I think there were things about it that were great. I think there were things about it that weren't great. I mean, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys first before we get into specifics. As Xbox owners, is this a is this a buy? Is it an instant buy? Is it a no thanks situation? We'll start there. The floor is yours. So we're rolling right into the Xbox showcase. It sounds like, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is a if it comes out on Game Pass, I will. These play all it. will come out on game pass i believe they're going they're going to yeah I, that's a good point that's another element of this I, me asking if you're going to buy it it's kind of pointless because like it's coming out on game pass i would assume every game that they announce is going to come out on game pass that's just kind of how it works now i think i'm i'm in i will play this 100 percent. and i think even if it didn't come out on game pass if this was like the olden days before game pass and before day one releases on game pass i would probably buy it i don't know if i'd buy it day one i might wait okay. for a little bit of a sale but i would buy it yeah i mean the best thing about this to me the character model is excellent. This is primetime Harrison Ford, clearly modeled after Harrison Ford. I don't know how the legality works there. I don't know if they like have to pay Harrison Ford some money. They probably do. This clearly looks exactly like him. I think that's for the best. We all remember the Avengers debacle where they were like, let's do different character models. And, you know, again, we kind of know how that went. Troy Baker, very good Harrison Ford impression. Like, let's not gloss over that. When you first hear this guy talk, 
we were like, did they get Harrison Ford? Like that's how close it was to me, especially in certain parts. So I think he deserves a lot of credit. I'm I'm certainly okay with them not actually getting Harrison Ford because the expense well, would have been point, monstrous. And I don't even know how game Harrison Ford is. He would sound really old too. Like I don't think yeah. he could youngify his voice enough to pull it off. Yeah, he just he'd sound like a grumpy old man playing Harrison Ford from 30 years ago, which, you know, he kind of would be. The other thing that's quite interesting too, and you mentioned the age, specifically with regards to the timeline is... I was a little nervous that this was going to be a movie or a set of movies turned video game. And I think they made the right choice in doing a whole new story that takes place within the existing movie franchise. And I thought that was kind of clever. It kind of like slipping it between the timeline of two different movies. This is what's great about the IP. Because, I mean, for those that have not seen Dial of Destiny, I don't know if you guys have. Like, to some extent, in particular, in the beginning of of that movie... They kind of do the same thing. Like Indiana Jones, to me, you know, in as much as we had Temple of Doom, which kind of went off the rails, and then like the later sequels also, like in the first one and the third one, which are the two best ones, the whole shtick is he's finding artifacts and he's fighting Nazis. That's the whole thing. You really, assuming you have an ageless version of Harrison Ford, like this game and game franchise potentially has, you can milk that till kingdom come you don't need to change anything about it uh, you know at one on some weekend harrison ford goes out and looks for the you know the ark of the covenant the weekend after that he could be out looking for something else he could run into nazis again like there's potentially limitless opportunity here to do basically anything you know and i think he's it's gotta i do think it's gotta be nazis i think that's very important oh 100%. everyone loves punching nazis yeah and especially and it, i want to believe this subsect of bethesda these are the people who did the wolfenstein remakes correct and in that you could punch zombies. so like they have a, a noted history of punching zo- or not zombies but nazis yeah i don't know for sure that that's true but i'm gonna take your word for it i mean it's machine games i just i, I don't really know what they've done but i i don't you know i will say yeah, they, did, I, I, they did the wolfenstein series i've seen this trailer take a lot of flack for the title the great circle I agree it's not great. <laughs> like, I get what they're trying to do. They explain what the title is referring to in the trailer like three different times. I get it. It's not... I don't... It's missing a je ne sais quoi that I think other Indiana Jones titles have. Another thing I will say. Graphically, this game is behind, like, a lot. It had a little touch of Uncanny Valley to it. Yeah, like... But I don't want to say know... it was bad. Like, in some scenes, it looked fine. And in other scenes, it just, like, specifically when he was, like, having the big face-to-face moment with the main the main antagonist, that looked a little yeah. off. I, I just... I guess I think that maybe four or five years ago, we're in, like, cutting-edge territory. No one will be talking about it. But considering how far we've come, and, like, again, my current recency with playing God of War, which is a PS4 game that I think in a lot of respects it looks better than this. Like I just I had a hard time looking at it, and you know, going a step further too. Like the animate, the, we'll talk about the first person stuff in a second because I know I know a lot of people have issues with that. I don't know that I necessarily do, but playing the game in first person with no HUD to speak of, it looks like really kind of highlights like if you if you're bull whipping people and you're pulling them towards you and you're punching them, the animations better be amazing. And but I that's don't the know, challenge. They looked a little derpy. Like, I don't know that they were. That's the challenge with having 
the animations mimic and have to mimic real people and real actors. When you have this, like, so God of War is a good example because no one looks like Kratos. So, like, little things that might not look exactly human don't really stand out as much. And so it's kind of an unfair comparison, in my opinion. And That's fair. I, I'm willing I'm willing to give them a little bit more credit as far as their animation prowess goes. I mean, I, I think, and, you know, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit when we get to Avowed, too. But, like, I also think, you know, people are talking a lot about how it's first person. And, like, you know, first person I don't have an abject problem with as a format, but it's going for full immersion and you know when you're a third person game like uncharted is you can get away get away with a lot more goofy animations because you're not there's a level of separation from you and the character you're not going for full immersion this is going for full this is going for you are indiana jones you are the one punching the nazi if that's the case i better feel like i'm punching the nazi hard and the way that people generally punch i think not they, in a way I think that they looks succeeded no, no no i well i don't think they did i don't think they did the there was little elements like the knuckles getting perpetually bloodier i think they did a pretty decent job with regards to that immersion and then the other side of that is like the whip you you brought up the whip that is a fantastic example of the level of immersion because it it doesn't play like you're just this is your whip this is your whip this it plays like this is emphasis your whip you want to climb with it you'll climb with it you want to use it as a weapon you can use it as a weapon you want to look at use it as a distraction guess what use it as a distraction yeah it's actually if you think about how seldom indiana jones uses his whip in combat it's like not very often that he does it so i that's i that's was i'm not against I that part i'm not harrison ford Right, I you may want to. I'm Indiana Jones. I'm just sitting there cracking whips every six milliseconds. I'm inclined to analyze, and again, this is not necessarily a knock at all. Like, and I'm coming across like I hated this. I really didn't. There's a, a lot of argument happening or discussion happening online right now, saying that the first person decision was made simply because they needed to establish some distance from the Uncharted franchise for fear of not being as good as the Uncharted franchise. I don't know if I agree with that. They didn't need to do it if that was their reason, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think, I don't think that was a good, if they, I assume they had other reasons for going first person. If their reason was we can't be Uncharted, it's a terrible reason. I don't because think you're already that's not what uncharted. it was. I really do think that the comparison that they were making is, obviously they gave this to the studio for a reason. And I think, the connection was not so much the treasure hunting connection to another game, but the Nazi fighting connection to another game. And because the Wolfenstein games were so well loved, and that was all first person, I think that's just what that studio does really well. And so they're leaning into it. They want the Nazi fighting experience that they got in Wolfenstein, and they just want to meld in the treasure hunting thing. I don't think they're trying to be uncharted. I think they're trying to kind of pivot off of Wolfenstein almost. It's interesting. Like again, I I don't have a horse in this race because I won't. It seems like get a chance to play this, but I'm I have a very vested interest in how this turns out because, in my opinion, it could go it could go any way right now. It could go really well for them. It could not. I don't think either one would really surprise me all that much. We don't know much about the story. We we know basically the minimum amount we need to know, which you know, Indiana Jones, you know, high fictional drama. It really is not like it's it's going to be a pulp story, and it should be a pulp story puzzle solving we didn't see much of that but we caught a little bit of it in the trailer so i i think one of the most important things this game can do 
and needs to do is globetrot because that's a huge part of the indiana jones movies you know again with the exception of temple of doom which really takes place all in one location almost all the others they're bouncing around in like 10 different places and i think that's a really important aspect and again we saw some different it looked like some different scenery throughout the trailer it's only three minutes long they gave us a lot so yeah th- this this could be very good i i think we're gonna get to some other stuff there's one other game i definitely looked liked the look of more than this one um but there's also a game that i'm gonna go ham sandwich on which do you want first po- uh positive happy I'll take the ham or... sandwich please look avowed looked really bad to me like I have a lot of things to say about Avowed and none of them are good. I think Avowed looked dated graphically. I think that dated the combat could be fun. And sometimes the environments looked pretty, but the character models looked like it was straight out of the 360 era. They were, you, cause that's the other thing about this. Indiana Jones trailer was three minutes long. Every other video that we got here was like seven to eight minutes long. They had a lot of chances to talk and like Avowed's whole presentation they seemed very, ex- and they're not the only ones guilty of this for what it's worth, but they seemed very excited about doing things that have been bog standard in this genre for many, many years. You can fight however you want. You can fight with one hand or two hand. You can use a gun and a sword at the same time. It's like, am I supposed to be blown away by this game's ability to do this? I'd like, I think the scenery looked good. I think the world building could be really good, but I think graphically it did not look impressive. And I thought the combat looked really really not great and it was something that they spent a lot of time talking about as being really streamlined and fun and like it looked very very slow paced i don't want to say derpy necessarily but it did not excite me very much like am i it's it sounds like nerd bomber you're in some level of agreement technic i don't know where you ended on avowed graphically it looked bad the ability to dual wield wands kind of neat but like i don't know that that can carry a game and it's and it's lonesome. I do like the fact that you can switch up. Like they said that there were four different loadouts that you could kind of like quick fill and switch between. And then like if you wanted one hand to be magic and the other hand to be sword or one hand to be sword and the other to be gun, like you could kind of combo however you want. I thought that was neat. A lot of games don't give you that much customization in terms of your combat style. But I will say the combat looks slow. And especially when you compare it to some of the early teasers that we got of this game. I want to say they first mm-hmm. showed this at E3 a few years ago, maybe. Yeah. Or like we right before, before COVID. And yeah. I just remember that looking like fast, frenetic magic shooting. And I, that's not what this ended up looking like. And I don't know. Something about it isn't hitting quite as well as that first sneak preview trailer and i don't know if it's just because the graphics look so dated that i'm like judging a book by its cover and maybe like the innards of the game are going to be really good like i do know when they were talking a lot about the decision making and the moral gray area like that's the type of stuff that i love in these type of games like the different dialogue options and as like in starfield and your standard bethesda games like that's the my bread and butter i love the dialogue but something is just like the combat is wanting and i don't know exactly why i can't put my finger on it and and again like and you touched on it there you literally use the word standard like they're talking about this moral gray area side quest as though it's like revolutionary and i'm like it's really not like there there was a weird level of salesmanship in this and also i don't know if you guys noticed this they showed the same combat animations multiple times throughout the it was like it's almost like they didn't have enough footage to show (laughs) which was a little cringy what frustrated me the most i think is that i think a lot of the pieces for this to be really good are there 
Like I, I, I think there were certain combat abilities that like the Tanglefoot one was one that specifically came up. I was like, that's really fun. That's a really good idea. It just looks slow. I think the world that they laid out, the environments, the bones and the structure they were putting together looked good, but visually it just wasn't all the way there. I don't know if it's because it was rushed or what, but like, that's what bothered me the most about it is that I was like, man, you're, you had something here at some point or you were close to something and something got rushed or emphasis was put in the wrong place. And like you said, what we're left with is something that I think we, all of us across the board were probably a little bit more excited about last year, whenever it was that we talked about this on the show. Cause I do remember talking about it. I remember us being a lot more positive about it, but well, what's funny too, like obsidian, they're not necessarily known for being like graphically cutting edge, the Outer Worlds. I got to make sure that's right. Yes, Worlds, because the other game that came out around the same time yeah. as the Outer Wilds. The Worlds. I remember that game was pretty critically acclaimed, but one of the biggest knocks that I saw people saying was like, for the time that it came out in the Xbox One generation, it should have been better graphically than it what they gave It should have looked better. Us. And yeah. I feel like when we saw that initial trailer for Avowed, I was wowed. I was like, wow, Obsidian is really stepping their game up. You know, this is a different genre that they're tackling, you know. The graphics look out of this world in this teaser. And I think if they hadn't have shown me that, I might be a little bit more excited about what they showed me in this showcase. But yeah. now I'm just kind of like comparing it to what I thought was itself. And it is not so. The early stuff we saw made you think that they had taken feedback from people and been like, okay, we need to make these games look good. So let's do that. And yeah, and it, like you said, this new genre that they don't, they haven't gotten into as much. And it looked really, really promising. And again, like the, I don't want to like, totally blackball this i think it still might be great even but like, like it's coming you know, out in fall 2024 and that might not be enough time to fix a lot of the stuff that we saw one thing that i think might help it and i'm not a game developer but i do know specifically i've, I've been playing a lot of halo 3 split screen and when i'm alone on the screen right everything feels kind of slow because the the field of view just makes everything feel slow. If you kind of pan out and you're not so tight to your character, like when you do split screen, I think it kind of pans out just because the aspect ratio changes and you get a wider aspect ratio and everything feels a little bit faster. And I think if they just change the field of view, which I don't know how difficult that is, I'm not a game developer, but if they can like tweak the field of view and just make things feel slightly faster, I feel like that could help this game immensely. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad I'm not alone because like I watched this and... This, again, like, Indiana Jones was the headliner, but, like, it felt like this, and one other game we'll get to in a minute, like, it felt like they were kind of where the, a lot of the weight was going, and I was not taken in by it. So, like I said, t- fall 2024, yeah, tactic anything to add? Yeah, for me, like, I, I, I stayed relatively silent, and it was just, my answer is simple. This one just wasn't hitting for me. The sad thing is, that's though, totally fair. I'm probably, if I have time, I will probably play this because this should be my genre. This really should so I guess we'll see what happens when it comes out. The other issue that Avowed faced, I'm trying to remember the order that I watched these in. Actually, this might have been the second one that I watched. So I watched it after Indiana Jones. At this Again, at this point, I was like, you know, I'm kind of glad I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> but then I watched the eight-minute game overview for Ascent of the Saga Hellblade 2. And yeah, this one was the closest to changing my tune by far. It looked so much more like what i would be interested in i don't know if that's because graphically it looked so much better i don't know if it's because it's third person i don't know if it's because it's focused on i don't know uh, establishing an ambiance and telling a story now something i thought was very interesting i don't know if you guys caught you know 
again, all these videos are the devs kind of talking about how they built the game and what they were wanting. They specifically said that they wanted this to be short. Did you notice that? <laughs> Which like, I thought that was a very interesting marketing shtick to be like, hey, we're going to give you maybe not that long of a story. Like, I think it's smart though. I appreciated the honesty and it also definitely implies that they're not going to overreach, right? Like it, it's, they probably laid out a story. They laid out a setting. They went to freaking Iceland and like got a bunch of footage they seem really, really committed to this as an art form, I guess is, is what I will say. Not that any of these games are not art forms, but they, I mean, they, again, we've, I think we've talked about this franchise before. They hired psychologists or psychiatrists, I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. to like, and they like, they conferred with people who have actually suffered from psychosis to like really put you in, inside of a character that is like really going through something. I don't know much about this franchise, but like. Well, even the binaural audio and I don't know if either of you guys played yeah. the first game, but when you have a headset on, like it is chilling. I think this mm-hmm. game did a fantastic. This this was the one. This was probably my number one of all of the games because not Easily. only did the gameplay look good, but it showed like an interesting battle, which is it's touched on in the first one as well between the real monsters and then her internal demons, and then it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Because you have your her own internal demons, but they're also guiding her in this horrific sense towards the light. And that's just like, it's almost like the whole game is this beautiful metaphor that is both horrifying, but at peace. And it just, it looks like they put it together very, very well. It's, it's very ethereal. Like I, I will say the one thing I definitely wanted more of from this video and Nerd Bomber, I want your take. Cause I, I think I, did I get you the predecessor to this you game did. as a gift? Yes. Yeah. So I want your take uh, having played at least one game in this franchise. Like it, I don't, I wanted more combat. I wanted to understand the combat more because they did show briefly what it's all about. But like most of what we saw was like her clearly like in her mind palace or something, just getting wrecked by her inner demons. And like, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it combat. It was more her really going through something. Like we did see a little bit of sword play at one point, but like. Honestly, the first game, and they did say during the developers talking in the background that like they were focusing more on combat and that was going to be something that they were, you know, evolving and focusing a little bit more on in this sequel. But the first game was a lot more almost like environmental puzzles. Like there was some, you know, combat, but a lot of it was like environmental puzzles and working through these really ghastly scenes and, you know, finding your way. Like it reminds me of god of war and some of the environmental puzzles that you face Mm -hmm. and like this almost like stealth aspects too like it's been a bit since i played it but there was one specific puzzle that i'm thinking of where like you also couldn't be spotted or you would be like insta-wrecked almost and so i think the combat is something that we don't have a lot of clarity on because they, they definitely have evolved it and I don't think they're ready to completely unveil it. Yeah, I, I just, again, I, I just think this was far and away the best looking one. And we'll, we'll talk about the others here in a second. But like, this is what I want as a gamer. And like, it, this is clear, this is definitely playing to me. I'm not sure what else in this showcase even was. Indiana Jones, I think kind of was. But I don't even have anything more to say about this. I just thought it looked great. I really appreciated the care that every every single person is putting into it. And also, like, one of the people that was talking during this video is, like, the girl who plays Senua. I thought that was cool. It was it was neat. So, yeah, that one, uh, the, big, the big news here was that it got a release date of May 21st of this year. Um, it did not have a release date until the developer direct. So, bear that in mind. Let's talk about Square Enix, because they're, you know, they're big daddies. Have you guys ever played any of the Mana games? Because I never have. I have not. 
So I was just kind of watching over my eyeballs a little bit. Visions of Mana is what I'm referring to. It's watching this summer. It's the first Mana series released on Xbox. It looks very... It's like... Again, it's similar to like, you know, Avowed. It's an action RPG, but boy, it looks a lot different. Like, it just looks like it's... It looks like relaxing. Like, I, I can't imagine ever getting into trouble in this game. <laughs> I got the same vibe. So last time we, we talked about this was one on, on a previous showcase. And... I, I just keep getting the same vibes and I keep going back to the same. It's a 3D Maple Story adventure. That's the vibe this gives me, which is like not a bad thing, but like it's just, it's ca- like you said, it's chill. It's just going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be cute and you're not going to have a bad time. Yeah. Like you're going around fighting. Like I think they're using the term monster very loosely here. Like all these monsters are little cutie pies. They're not going to hurt you. You can attack them and kill them and get resources from them. But like, what are they going to do to you? That's that's like, you know, they put a lot of design into, it looks like you're riding a giant dog. That's an option for you in this game. It just looks, yeah, just put it, pop it on, have a good time. That was kind of my, my overarching vibe with this. Nerd Bomber, any thoughts on Visions of Mana? I mean, it looked cute. I don't, my biggest problem with games like this is that they're typically giant time sinks, and I just ain't got time for that. But maybe yeah. I'll try it out. Who knows? It's interesting. Like, I don't want to apply the term grind to a game like Visions of Mana, which is, again, focused on, like, chill vibes. But, like, it also does appear to me as though, like, to accomplish anything, you're going to have to, like, take some time. And the other thing I thought that was interesting about the Visions of Mana showcase is they wrote 100 songs in the soundtrack for it. And then, like, I was impressed by that. And then they're like, we're going to show you, they were touting their like adaptive music for combat, which again, I think is something that games have been doing for like probably 10 years at this point. And then they like played it and showed how it worked. And they were like, watch the music get more intense when combat happens. And like, it kind of didn't <laughs> to, to, to me. Like it remained, very, again, it remained very lighthearted. It's, this game is, it's number one goal is to not give you anxiety, I think, which is a good goal for a game. And I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, like wanting to get anxiety playing games, but I don't know. People want what they want. Wrapping things up, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to be candid with the podcast and the listeners. I started watching the video for Aura History Untold, saw that it was a real-time strategy game, and I stopped watching it because I just know I'm never going to play a real-time strategy game. It's not my, it's not my bag. I did find this one interesting. It, I'm in the same boat as you where it's not my bag, but I did think they put kind of a unique touch on the way that the world evolves. And a lot of these like civilizations game and conquering focus highly on the militaristic aspect of it. And the main thing that was really cool about this game is you could be a a world superpower and never focus on your military at all and exclusively focus on your art and your influence. And I think that's a kind of an interesting take. And it kind of makes it stand apart from the rest of these generic civilization games it is definitely an interesting play you know i I never thought about it in that way i mean think of like age of empires and civilization and all these games like it's just like all right build a farm so you can feed your soldiers like it's just a means to an end kind of for your soldiers to like go out and like you know not in the game world but like in the real world commit unspeakable atrocities and then your empire grows it's like i can appreciate a game moving away from that paradigm certainly I just, yeah, I don't, I, that's not a real-time strategy guy. I need to be controlling a single character. That's, that's where I, I begin and end with games. Nerd Bomber, anything to say about History Untold, or are you in the same situation as me? I'm kind of in the same situation. I've been told many times that I should try a game like this. I just can't get into it. 
I don't know. I did try. Like, I tried Age of Empires about a jillion years ago. I think I also might have tried Battle for Middle Earth once because I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy, but it was like watching paint dry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm offending listeners out there. At OWU86, tell me that I suck. I'm, I'm inviting it at this point, but it's just not it's just not the genre for me. Well, I'm shouting out my Twitter handle. We have at OnlineWarriors1, which is our main show account, at OWTactic and at OWNerdBomber. Uh, let us know what we didn't really touch on enough in the developer direct showcase which game you're most excited for which game you're least excited for whether you thought avowed looked like a giant turd like it seems like we kind of thought it did and so on and so forth uh, you, you you know where to find us we're going to take a short break now and we're going to come back to talk about until dawn and also we're probably going to talk about pal world first because that seems like bigger news but before we do any of that we're going to take a, a minute as we always do to shout out our fantastic patreon producer Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen, as always, I would be remiss if I neglected to thank you for all you've done for the show uh, by supporting us at the highest of our three levels on our Patreon. As a result of his support, Stephen gets the occasional guest spot on the show. He also gets weekly input into the game segment, which we are going to be skipping this week. Details on that later. He also, of course, gets access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog. There's also, of course, a squire level, which is just below the night level. It's getting you access to the secret segment and the vlog and then there's also a page level which gets you access to the monthly secrets segment so you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast grab the details there consider giving back to this show if you're enjoying listening or even if you're not if you just like throwing money away on things you don't like we'll take it you know we're not we're not uh, above that so again thanks to steven uh, we will come back in a brief moment to talk to you guys about pal world I'm Ryan Fonzie. This is Cameron Hagee. My name is Tony Giggles. And we're three dudes who love The Legend of Zelda and love talking about The Legend of Zelda. And if you are a Zelda fan as much as we are, then come on down and listen to your heart's content. We have a podcast that we'd like to share with you. It's called A for No, B for Yes. We cover the Legend of Zelda series, different games chapter by chapter, and we have all kinds of theories about what we see and what we've experienced in the game. Do you go through Wikipedia and look up stuff based on the things you see in the game to create theories to how it could link to other things in the world that we actually live in and not the Zelda one that was the one that was created by the people that are in the world that we actually live in right now? Because if you don't, then you should watch this because we do. Did you guys get all that? If not, oh, you didn't. Okay. So we are A for no beef. I'll stop. All right. So we've talked about Pale World on this show in the past. I'm doing a great job saying the name. I'm just going to pat myself on the back again. This game came out January 19th. So first of all, we're recording this on the 22nd. So it came out over the weekend, basically. It's like breaking records. It it feels over uh, again, three million players. It seems like we're we're obligated to talk about this. For lack of a better term to de- briefly describe the game for those that don't remember, Pokemon with guns, but not Digimon. That's, but not Digimon. Now, interestingly enough, people have already modded this game. I've seen on this on Twitter. People have already modded this game to be Pokemon. Yeah, which I've like seen this. it feels like it's kind of undoing the 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 concept a little bit. Let me just. We don't need to dwell on this necessarily. It just seems like news that this happened. I mean, 3 million concurrent players is like a pretty big deal. Here's why this was successful. I think it's pretty simple. You know what a lot of gamers like to do? Mod is shit. Play games on their, on their personal computer on Steam. You know what a lot of gamers also like? Is uh, uh, Pokemon. 
you know what pal world is it's both of those things i feel like it's i feel like this is as simple as that it's almost like this we could have seen this coming also it's a fully rpg of pokemon people have been asking for a fully fleshed out rpg from pokemon for years and the best we got was scarlet and violet which on release was filled with glitches and you're actually what you're able to do is still the turn-based thing and it wasn't really any kind of deviation from the original formula and so what this was was really kind of what the gamers were asking with the caveat that it's loaded with plagiarism it is loaded with plagiarism i mean if you look up even just you know production stills of this game it's like all right, so I mean, they're, they're it looks like they're literally copying specific Pokemon, like then probably just calling them something different. I don't know. I haven't played this game, but like now, one thing I want to kind of put my way in my opinion on that I think is kind of I'm going to give this game a, the creators a little bit more credit. Yes, they copied a lot of the artwork. They couldn't even differentiate colors on a lot of them. They were just like control C, control V. But there's a lot of news being stated that they used AI to copy all of these things. Whereas I think that's proven. I think that's both unproven and unrealistic because if we look at when the trailers for this game came out about three years ago, relative to when the mass release of AI to the public came out, which was only like, I think a year and a half ago, the timeline doesn't add up. So I think that AI claim is a bit unfounded, but there's for sure plagiarism outplay here. And I'm surprised we haven't really seen much from Nintendo. It does. Yeah. I mean, we've talked many times on this show about Nintendo being like real stingy with their IP. It does feel like this has to be some kind of copyright break, but like I, we haven't heard about it yet. It's currently a phenomenon. As a non-PC gamer, I'm, I'm not going to play it. But like, you guys, you, this this it's on Xbox. You can go do it right now if you want. You could put it out on your PC if you want. Any intention to involve yourself in, in Pal World? I mean, there's a part of me that's like... It's part of the zeitgeist. Yeah. yeah. There's another part of me that's like, again, I have so many other games to play. And I don't know if this like makes the cut. I'm also inclined to wade into the psychology of giving a Pokemon a gun. Like, I guess as a video game premise, it's a pretty low-hanging fruit. But like, I don't know. This that's very interesting. I mean, it's been it's been both done and well received before, right? That's why I go back to Digimon. So I mean, it's not something. Did Digimon that I, have guns? Oh yeah, there was Gunmon, Gundramon. It so, was literally okay. a, a gun-like dinosaur thing made of dragons or a dragon it was a gun it was a giant gun (laughs) answer me this then so in pokemon based on my cursory knowledge of pokemon when you quote unquote defeat a pokemon pokemon just get knocks out just gets knocked out it faints it doesn't die it faints it doesn't die if you shoot a pokemon with a machine gun it's gonna die right like are the pals in pal world dying do the digimon so some of the one like ones you catch you can respawn but you can also eat them so for sure they're dying that's interesting because like it seems like pokemon like i I see that as a very conscious and intentional choice by pokemon but here's the thing ain't no one dying in this in the pokemon anime like they're eating them too they're just there's a lot that's just not shown in pokemon so like come on is it fair to state that because there's guns here this is Pokemon, but geared towards a older generation, this or even just an older. 
That's what this is. Before the Pokemon War? Yeah, before the war. Those who know, know. I don't think you have anything to back that opinion up. Anyways, this again, this is an ongoing phenomenon. None of us are playing it, so I don't know how much more we can speak to it intelligently, but it is very interesting. That's for sure. So, I don't know. Go play. If you're a PC gamer or a Xbox gamer, go play it if you like. It's uh, You're going to have a lot of people that you're playing with based on current trends. Let's wrap up our news for the week by talking about spooky stuff. In particular, Ooh, until, until Dawn. Me. Now... Yeah, so to, as Tech correctly identified, Until Dawn, let's just get this out of the way. This is a horror game that involves, I think, eight people going to a cabin. They're all teenagers. And look, you guys have seen horror movies. You've seen movies where teenagers go to cabins. It's a sex romp, all right? They're all looking to go to Bone Town. This is how this works. But they ended up in the wrong town. That's correct. Whether they wind up boning in the movie remains to be seen but the news here is that there is potentially going to be a movie now david f sandberg is the guy who apparently is on the hook to i believe direct this movie does that name mean anything to you too guys because i think it probably should i feel like i need an explanation he most recently directed shazam fury of the gods okay well i didn't watch that movie so well you're but you're a shazam person or at least you were i don't know if you are anymore i we watched the first movie to be more clear, we are Chuck people. Right. And that's Well, you liked the first one, though. And like, yeah, the, the first, first one was, was like, fun. Yeah. First one was actually good. I don't know if he directed the first one. What, I'll tell you what he has directed. Okay, he did direct Shazam. He directed Shazam Fury of the Gods. He directed Annabelle Creation and Entering the Conjuring Universe. Uh, a movie called Lights Out, which was a low-budget hit, which I have not seen. And he's currently developing a live-action take on 1980s animated series Gargoyles for Disney+. Plus. So that's interesting. And he has an adaptation of Stephen King's Salem's Lot in the can, which I'm a big Salem's Lot fan, so that's pretty interesting. So the interesting thing about Until Dawn, it is scary. Nerd Bomber and I have played it. I finished it. I'm not sure that Nerd Bomber did. It might have got too scary. We talked about that earlier in the episode. If you recall, this came out in 2015. It had real actors in it. It did. Rami Malek. Rami Malek was in this game. And like, was Before it? Rami Malek was a household name. Was Hayden, Hayden Pantier Pantiere also in this? Yeah, she was in it. I'm actually kind of curious now. I'm going to try and live Google the whole cast because there's at least one other famous person in it, I think. Hayden Panettiere, Rami Malek. Okay, it looks like those are the only two that I really recognize. Peter Stormare, some people might recognize. He's a pretty well-noted character actor. One I'm not sure things, I know of anyone else in this. I'm curious. So one of the biggest things with Until Dawn and all of the games by the studio is the game plays out kind of like a horror movie, but you kind of make decisions that make your horror movie unique to your experience. And if I'm playing one game or the game my way and I make decisions, some characters might live and you might have had a completely different set of characters live at the end. And while the story, underlying story, I guess, is still there, I wonder if it can capture that same magic or if it will just feel like another generic horror movie then if you don't have that element of choice i think it's gonna feel like a generic horror movie yeah that's kind of what i'm a little worried about because yeah ideally what this would be would be do you guys remember bandersnatch when that came out yes this would ideally be a bandersnatch situation which i'm kind of surprised i'm not sure if that's happened yet or not but like netflix did a little like choose your own adventure thing with black mirror that's what bandersnatch was you could probably do the same thing here because I, i agree like and i remember very vividly i put this game years ago but my explicit goal, because I knew it could be done, was for all the characters to survive. 
I did not accomplish that because, man, if you make one decision that's not quite right, the game punishes you pretty brutally by like killing people in front of you very gruesomely. That's what makes it interesting. I don't, yeah, capturing that is important because, like you said, otherwise it just kind of becomes a bog standard horror movie. I mean, I I wouldn't rule out the possibility that they do something akin to Cabin in the Woods. If you guys have not seen Cabin in the Woods, I won't give away what I'm referring to, but let me just say it's not a traditional bog standard horror movie. There are ways to work within the format to make it more interesting. And I don't know how you could do this. I really don't. But if you are going to make this like a theater experience... And you could somehow make like an app-enabled crowd poll. Yeah. Like that could be fun. That could be something that would bring. And I'm not saying that the movie theater experience is dead because I think especially after COVID, people are finding a rejuvenated interest in going to the movies. Something about streaming has just kind of like lost its luster a little bit. And I think the movie theaters, they're probably not you know, robustly succeeding financially. But I think there's renewed interest in going to the theater. But I still think every now and then it's important to like mix it up and add some zhuzh the challenge to the is, experience. And that could be fun. You need only like two option things and you need it to have a timer so that you're not like waiting on a lot of people because you can very easily lose people with just waiting on that response. Well, I think if you had like your phone buzzed and you have like 10 seconds to pick... I mean, we all remember, and I don't know if colleges still do this, but I think they do. We were all in college where we had clickers and clicker quizzes, and it would be something like that. I forgot about those. You're welcome for dredging up that memory. What I was thinking, you know, like, think about when Twitch played Pokemon. Like, obviously a very different thing, but, like, that was a crowdfunded thing where, like, a bunch of people just, like, as a group managed to, what did they beat? pokemon red or something i don't even remember what they did but like there would be a really cool feeling of accomplishment of like yeah going to a theater and like all right i'm gonna have him go upstairs instead of downstairs and we're gonna see what that does for us and like the thing about it is that it would almost be like i don't even know what's more fun the character surviving or the character dying because you'd be like oh man okay you're right that was dumb and like you you can laugh with it you can enjoy it like well there's also that Re- I don't want to call it replayability, rewatchability, I guess, because you might go in with one crowd and one thing happens, but then you might want to go in and like troll people and be like, everybody loves this character. Let's try to vote to kill him off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And let me be clear too. Like there is no evidence in this article that like anything like this is going to happen. Oh it's no, just, this is I, just I, us I, I saying like this worth, would be a super cool idea. Yeah. It's worth thinking about, you know, the screenwriter for this, whose name is Gary Doberman. He wrote movies for the horror franchises hit uh, it annabelle and the nun so like he arguably has you know a penchant for writing i dare say standard horror movies so like i don't know that he's looking to you know break outside the box like we're describing but i guess what we're saying is it would be very cool if he did and i think there's a lot of room here for that i don't know you know it's worth asking the question how else do you make something like this interesting because some people would probably argue you don't need to some people would argue that it's going to be a horror movie if you get the right stars in it. Horror movies are very undemanding to audiences. People just want to go to be scared, jump scared or, or made to feel uneasy. That's all they really want. I will say the source material here, like I'm not supposed to say the W word, but uh, Skinwalkers um, is the alternative way to call them without them coming to find you in the night, according to Oh, is that, is that, is that how it works? So if yeah, I say, if, you say, I, if you say the word, it's going to come find you. Can I say it just to test the theory? I mean, if you want, but then we won't yeah, have a third host for next week, so... It's it's Wendigo. 
It's the Wendigo, guys. I uh, do if you've find never that, heard lore, that term. Google it. That it's lore really cool. is super interesting, and I think there's not enough like A tier movies about that subject matter. So yeah, I, I'm sure there are movies about it, but yeah, like yeah, they're like I, I'm not they're sure. like streaming or like very not even I wouldn't even call them B movies, like C or D tier movies. You know, yeah. like the Velocipaster style movies. Sure. That's one example. Um, Slotherhouse. That'd be another one. Shut your face. Slotherhouse is great. <laughs> that, that was a triple A title. So yeah, there's no release date for this yet. This has just basically been announced. We'll see what they come up with to, you know, I don't know, I guess give this a fresh coat of paint and uh, make it something great. That brings us to what are you up to Wednesday. This is part of the show where we talk about what we've been up to in the past week. What are you I'm gonna up go f- to Wednesday? Uh, yeah, there it is. I'm going to go first because I feel like I have a, a decent dump to be to be had, if that, that phrase doesn't make any sense. I have started a new book. I, I finished a book and started a new book. I'm going to talk about both. And I started a TV show. I'm going to talk about that as well. But first of all, I finished God of War. Um, and by finished, I mean I beat the main story. Woo-woo. I am still working on Killing Valkyries and you know some other bits and bobs. I will probably be continuing to do so for, I don't know, maybe a week or two. Um, there's, there's, there's more for me to do, but I guess to kind of close the book on this, I will be playing Ragnarok. God of War was pretty incredible. The end, what I have to give this game a lot of credit for, it deserves credit for a lot of things, but you kind of know, I mean, I don't want to spoil this too much, but like, you know, pretty early on where the story is going to go and you're being able to predict that and prepare for that emotionally is not adequate for the end of the game like was pretty emotional and it deserves a lot of credit for that like it's we're in we're in last of us territory with the emotional content of this game so i would implore anyone who has not played it like me to to go out and play it uh you can probably get it for real cheap right now i did i'll I'll own that really really enjoyed it and like i said kind of continuing to grind on it for a bit until it really doesn't have anything left to offer me which should demonstrate how much i'm enjoying the game overall I will say Ragnarok still manages to bring the surprise and emotion. I mean, yeah, at this point, I, I believe in this studio. So, you know, I'm, yeah, just, just take my money, basically. Uh, we started a show called True Detective Night Country. If that sounds familiar, it's because True Detective is, you know, kind of a franchise now. Jodie Foster is the main player in this. We're only one episode in. Two episodes have aired at the time of our recording this. I have not watched the second episode yet, but... The end of episode one, things started to heat up, and I'm really, really excited. I love a detective story. I love True Detective season one. Season three was okay, but season one was amazing. I skipped season two. So, like, it's got a bit of a checkered past this show, but the early reviews and returns coming from this season are really, really good, so I'm looking forward to watching that. It takes place in Alaska during, like, the 30 days of night or whatever, which is, like, kind of a good setting for a mystery. So, we'll update on that. And then, book-wise, I finished another... Anthony Horowitz mystery novel starring Sherlock Holmes. I don't really want to talk too much about that one. It was like not his greatest novel I've read. It was a, it was a decent Sherlock Holmes novel, but I've started reading and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Feel free to laugh at me. Is it Murtaugh? The character, the Aragon yes. character. Mm-hmm. I'm not very far into it. I'm maybe 40 or 50 pages. It's great so far. Like I, what I will say is I haven't determined yet how i feel about christopher polini's handling of like 
I didn't reread all the Aragon books before reading this book. I just kind of dove right in and was Is like, Is there like yeah, an info dump or a summary or anything like that? Not not exactly. He he he's dropping breadcrumbs. About thirty pages in, I was like, All right. And I had to like go and read a bunch of Wikipedia summaries of the first three books. Sorry, the first four books. So like I would maybe recommend doing that. I'm kind of picking it up and weaseling my way back into the headspace as I go. But in that meantime, like he is a very good storyteller in a fantasy world. He has not lost his touch in that regard. I've never read any of his other work. I know Nerdbomber, I believe you read Sleep in a Sea of Stars. I have not read that. But it does feel to me, having not read that, having read all of Aragon and reading this now, this is where he belongs. It seems like he's just really really back at home in in the world that he's created so i'll Does continue to update on that yes definitely and i expect it's going to just feel more and more nostalgic as it goes so i'm looking forward to that it's a very long book so i'm going to be reading it for a while but i think it's going to be worth the uh worth the effort uh, i'll turn it over to tectic to to lead us forward next okay so there's really only two things that's been going on in my life the first one i want to talk about is we watched uncharted and I have to say, coming in completely unbiased by not playing any of the games, I thought this was quite a good casting choice. I thought Tom Holland's age fit perfectly with the with the level of naivete going into the role. And I think it worked. Marky Mark was okay as Sully, but not bad. Overall, I'd say this was a decent, give it a seven or an eight. And I have to say, so this finally is streaming free on Hulu. Well, if you pay for Hulu. And so this had been on Netflix for a while, but it was yep. pay locked behind like the higher tier and we only pay for the ad tier, like six ninety nine version of Netflix. So like I was holding off and I wanted to watch it, you know? I like video games. I want to watch it. And Tactic was like, no, this is gonna be so bad. It's gonna be, yeah, Illegal, so somebody so put, yeah, just chirped I don't, in my ear. Uh, okay, it was fun. Okay. I did not say we can go back, check the tape, we have to. I did not say that it was so bad. Quote, you said, and I quote, if you watch it, I will no longer be your friend. Definitely not what I said. I mean, the key to this, as I believe I said to you guys when you told me that you watched it and you liked it, you're going to like it more if you have not played the games. That is a universal fact. If you have not played the games, you're probably going to think it's a great movie. Like, yeah, if I had no pre-exposure to the characters going in, it, it hit all the right beats. It did everything right. It's just like, that's not Nathan Drake. And I don't even mean it's because he's too young. It's like the naivete you're mentioning. That's not a part of Nathan Drake's character. It's not who he is. So like, yeah. They created something that is not what I personally wanted, and I don't think it's what a lot of the fans of the game wanted. I'm like, I like Tom Holland. I think he's great. I think he did great in the role. I think the movie has a couple of decent set pieces. The plane scene was good. The scene at the bar at the beginning, also very, very good. It has its moments, but it's not what I wanted. I mean, that's it's it's a fine movie. Fair now, enough. You're entitled to your opinion. Do we know if this is getting a sequel? I feel like yes, right? Like it actually be. performed fairly well at the box office. I believe it may have entered. Well, I don't want to say it entered development hell because like there's going to be a sequel to this movie. I think they were having problems with the script. I'm looking it up now. Well, plus I think this came out and then the the strike happened. Correct? Or did this come out during COVID? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. So. On December 10th of last year, Wahlberg revealed in an interview that the script is being written. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to happen. Like, it, it, because I think it, it performed well for them financially, like you said, scrolling up on Wikipedia. 
it made 407 million on a 120 million budget i know hollywood accounting is weird like for all i know they barely broke even on that but they're gonna do it again there's there's no chance for them not so yeah it'll be interesting to see what what other set pieces because you know i will say that the scene i mentioned the car on the plane set piece spoiler alert that whole plane set piece they ripped that right out of the game it's like one of the only things they ripped out of a game granted they ripped out of the third game but that's for like ripped straight from the game and i think it i think it showed and it was the best part so yeah that's the one thing we did and then the other thing was i've just been chugging away working on my game still moving along and not giving up game development is a long process especially as a solo developer so tbd keep the faith man i'm pulling for you putting in the work it's gonna pay off nerdy b wrap us up here so first i want to say i finished stray and it was phenomenal the first like 45 minutes was like okay i'm just a cute little kitty cat 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 look at me meow and i was just spamming the meow button and hopping on things and knocking paint cans over it was great having a blast and then somewhere along the line i picked up this like really emotional kind of story and it got really kind of deep and i was invested and there was this whole plot line i was following and it wasn't just a cat i was this badass little kitty cat fighting for freedom and i liked it a lot i I don't want to give too much away because i feel like some of the magic is in letting it develop on its own but it's so good. It's so good. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's probably, I think it took me like six hours to beat. It's not like an overly extensively long game. If you have a chance, you want a palate cleanser, you like kitty cats, you like meowing at things, you like puzzles, environmental puzzles specifically, this would be a game for you. This would be a game for you. Now the yeah, other th- it's, oh, it's great. It's it's great when games are capable of surprising you. I that's all I wanted to say to that. It's literally, and it was one of those games too, where I finished it and then like, I just kind of, it sat with me. Like even when we moved on and we were like watching a movie later in the night, like in the back of my mind, I was just kind of thinking about the game and the message of the game and the story and where it left me as a kitty cat out in the world. It was just chef's kiss. And speaking of the movie that we watched then later that night after we finished or after I finished Stray, uh, we watched Quiz Lady. And this is a movie with Aquafina and Sandra Oh. And this is also on Hulu. I don't know if it's a Hulu original, but it is on Hulu. And essentially, it's also got Will Ferrell in it. The premise of this movie is that Aquafina and Sandra Oh are sisters and their mom escapes her nursing home and runs away. And she leaves in gambling debt behind. So the people, the bookie that she owes money to comes and steals Aquafina's dog. And Aquafina's character is like kind of just going through the nine to five. She's a hermit. Living a very dull life. Doesn't really go out and do stuff. And so her sister comes and kind of inserts herself in her life. And one of the things that Aquafina character loves to do is watch a quiz show every night. She's got an alarm set. She watches the quiz show and she's really good at answering all of the questions and just sits on the couch and like beats every contestant to the answer. So to get the money to get her dog back, her sister basically persuades her to go onto this quiz show to win the money back and they end up going on a little bit of an adventure and you know there's learning to get outside of your bubble learning to forgive and you know make bonds with your family members learning to overcome your fears and anxieties and just like embrace life and get out there and it was a pretty funny movie like there were definitely a few times when i like legit laughed 
which you know how sometimes you're watching a funny movie and you just kind of go like hey but there's other times when you're like legit laughing and i had a few of those so i thought it was overall a pretty like heartwarming funny movie i don't want to say it's quite in the same vein as no hard feelings but it felt similar like that type of comedy genre that we haven't been getting enough of lately and so i think it it was pretty good i enjoyed it well that would normally bring us to uh the quiz for the week but uh look readers readers listeners we're always on a mission to keep you on your toes all right that should at this point be known in the interest of togetherness and positivity and peace we're gonna hold off this week we're all winners we're all winners this week okay we've come a long way i think i think we all deserve a win i'm gonna give us all a win on the score tracker it only seems fair Technic moves to two and zero. Oh, I moved to two and one. Nerd Bomber to two and two. Nerd Bomber, you're at five hundred. Congratulations, Steven is one and zero. Steven is one and zero. Oh. <laughs> oh. Congrats to Steven. A free dub uh, for you today. You know we get, we need something to get us through these these cold dark months of winter, and I think that's as good a thing as any. So we'll be back at you next week with a quiz and with some more news topics to go through. But uh, in the meantime, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the handles we mentioned before on the show. You know, take this positivity that we're injecting into this episode and take it, pull it out of the episode, spread it around in your own life. And, uh, you know, watch watch what grows from that. It's, it's going to be really great. In other words, stay safe and keep on podcasting.